The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 39 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined, as always, by independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hey, yo. Oh, boy. What? I don't know. Should I, should I have my greeting more peppier? I finally listened to the Jason Stewart episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> maybe that's something to take into consideration. Yeah, you know, when Jason Stewart gets on my level, then I'll take advice from him, all right? Holy Toledo. Wow, coming out of the <laughs> gates, hot. My goodness. Well, hey, you're the one that wanted me to listen to these debacles that you did while I was gone. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure you already listened I'll- to Monday's episode, Brian. Yeah, I did, yes. But I was, was going to say is I was gone for one week, one episode of each of our shows, and it took four people to replace me. So that tells you what I mean to this show. Well, I was going to, uh, uh, I'm not going to make, uh, that, that's, that would be lowbrow to make the kind of joke I was going to make. Oh, you make a fat joke, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, of course not. Well, you're, I mean, you're fat enough to make fat jokes to me. At these I'm days, on a so. diet now, Kingpin, I'll have you know. What is it, a seafood diet? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Eat everything you see. <laughs> you stink. All right, yes. Yeah, so the diet is underway there, Brian. Is it? So you will call me large and in charge no longer. Yeah, I can't wait till I see your typical Friday night picture of uh, cocktails and chips and salsa. Oh, man, that sounds good right about now, huh? <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll be going out in the big city on Friday night, as you usually do. No, no, no. It's been a while for that there, Brian. No, it's uh, I'm on the straight and narrow now, Kingpin. Straight yeah, and narrow. Sure yes. Well, every time I see you posting from somewhere on Facebook or more actually your, your lovely wife, I'm going to I'm going to ask about your diet. Well, you should. Uh it's my evolution, Brian. I'm I'm evolving as a human being. <laughs> Just like the independents have evolved, and we talked about it this past Monday on the NAI Wrestling Network. Brian, how you like that for a segue? <laughs> it was lovely. I think I think one of my favorite episodes that we've done. Yeah, I listened back to it, and I was very uh, I was very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I did I did a good job of carrying the podcast. You really did, and um, <laughs> you love that episode, even with the uh, thing that I alluded to with my greeting to you earlier. Yeah, you're you're killing me here. I don't I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> you refresh my memory. It's late at night here, Mike. I'm old. Oh my goodness. You've already blocked out Mocket Crockett. 
Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I, th- I thought you insulted me or something. No, no, no. I said, hey, yo, right off the, uh-huh. right off the bat. Oh, uh, well, you, you scarred our audience again, so. I love that you love it, Kingpin. It was, it was a good episode. Uh, we'll get into some feedback a little later about the episode. Well, I was referring more to the... Uh... You know, evolution of the Indies piece. But. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it in Merv Griffin time. And that's going to be a little bit later, Kingpin. We'll get to your thoughts and answer your questions. Not yours, Kingpin, but the fans out there will answer their questions. Plus, one more wicked cackle will be immortalized in our Heal Laugh Hall of Fame. That's a little later on. But first, we are discussing a different topic each week, voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. Make sure you follow us on Twitter so you can participate in the poll. And a lot of people participated in the poll this past week there, Brian. I did see that. Yeah, and it's kind of a weird thing that happened. Usually, after we post the episode on Thursday, we get the feedback about you know what people think about the topic at hand. This time, they looked at the poll topics and they started talking about their favorites. So... We have a bunch of people on Twitter that kind of chimed in about our topic, which is the best comeback of all time. Well, I chose very well. I did the poll this week, so no surprise at how into it people were. Then they came out of the woodwork for this one. Of course. So, uh, yeah, one of our most voted in polls yet, the best comeback of all time, the winning topic for this week. And Brian, I know, as you said, you came up with the topics. What in your mind, what makes a good comeback for pro wrestling? Well, I mean, there's a couple different, you know, a couple different things. I mean, one, it's how it went down the first night it happened. Was it a memorable first reappearance? And, and then I think another piece of it is what did it lead to? Where did it go afterwards? Now, you got to put them in context of who the guy is, you know, was it an injury? Was he coming back to the company? What point of his career was he? Uh, but we'll start we'll start with one Mike here. All right. That I think a lot of people would agree with. And that's Bret Hart coming back to WWE in 2010. So to put this one in context, Bret's in-ring career was thought to be over, but clearly had that very open wound when it came to WWE from the Montreal screw job uh and the way he left. The first night he came back was a tremendous moment him and Shawn Michaels uh, in the ring embracing after all these years and then it led to the match itself wasn't (laughs) wasn't great but (laughs) yeah but the moment you think back to the moment of bret hart being back in a wwe ring competing getting his revenge all those years later on vince mcmahon uh and while it's not number one on my list it certainly is up there in comebacks in pro wrestling history for sure yeah it's one of those never say never things you never thought you'd see Bret Hart back after all the bad blood, all the angst on Bret Hart's part after the screw job. Yeah, to have him finally come back, that was that was big. That was really big. The the I mean the, the real disappointing thing is that the, that it couldn't have been Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. I mean Bret Hart obviously wasn't in the, in the in the shape to wrestle at the at the level he was and I, I'm I'm guessing somewhere along the line that had to have crossed somebody's mind, but you know, Bret Hart wasn't at the, and Shawn Michaels in 2002 was at the top of his game. Um, so, you know, to have the type of match he had with Vince McMahon, he could do to go out and have a classic with Shawn Michaels. Uh, well, 
Leave the memories alone, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned HBK's comeback. Actually, Steven at HHHGuy2004, my nemesis, did mention HBK's comeback in 2002. He had the street fight, the unsanctioned street fight with Triple H at SummerSlam that year. That was a pretty big one, too, wouldn't you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably what I was going to go with a little later on, so you stole my thunder. At least I have some oh. time to recover from it, but <laughs> yeah, I think HBK in 2002 was uh, tremendous. It was about four years off, maybe a little more, that he had taken off. Well, he had like a, what, a match, like a, like a street fight or something at one of his own shows or something at one point, did he not? Yes. But yeah, the comeback with Triple H, and that's the one where the comeback was memorable, but then what it led to was amazing. You could argue that his run after he came back, was as good, if not better, than his run before. And his run before was pretty damn good. Well, you're talking about what it's leading to. You're, you're talking about leading to the poop brown tights? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. No, I'm talking about just years and years and years of more memories and more great matches and more WrestleMania moments, quote-unquote. Matches with Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, John Cena, two with The Undertaker, one that's arguably the greatest match in pro wrestling history. So pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, and all started there in 2002. Speaking of 2002, why don't we just get this one out of the way then? Triple H. You saying it's a beautiful day? <laughs> I was going to say it was a beautiful day. They, they had the, the music video with U2, him rehabbing when he had the um, the quad tear. Yeah, the quad rolled up into his leg, and he was done for a while. Came back in 2002, and the best part about this comeback, his first appearance on Raw, was the denim on leather. <laughs> That's a fashion statement right there. Denim vest over a leather jacket. How friggin' hot must he have been <laughs> with the ring lights over him. Just <laughs> the soaking himself in water served a purpose that night. He's a very warm gentleman on that night. I, I'm surprised it's taken this long to get to the comeback. The most recent comeback came this past Monday night. What are you, Brian Fury? <laughs> yes. Uh, that was especially for Brian Fury, I'm sure, is listening right now. Uh, yeah, we, I told the story about how we used to watch Raw together. Uh, not you and me, Kingpin. You weren't invited to this. No, no, of course not. But it was me, Brian Fury, our friend All Day Ray, and Scotty Slade. Uh, Julian Starr is also there. Tarzan Taylor as well. We would all get together and watch Raw. And after Raw, we'd watch some local stuff online like you watch like NECW I think PWF at the time uh, VCW of course Victory Championship Wrestling was a big one for us and we decided eh, nothing's going to happen at the end of this Raw we'll put on one of these other shows and we missed one of Kane's big comebacks on Raw one of his 712 <laughs> <laughs> yes comebacks. and Brian Fury has never forgiven us and I made sure to text Brian after Kane made his return and saying I hope you saw this I hope you didn't turn off Raw early and he says yes I saw it and I was so happy so congratulations Brian Fury Kane is back Kane is back. <laughs> Thank goodness. Let's. How about another one? Uh, well, there's a couple of them, but Chris Jericho. He had a comeback in 2007 with the whole uh, Save Us Y2J thing. 
that was pretty cool. But the one that I'm thinking about is 2011 when he made his comeback then. Is that, is that the one where he didn't speak? <laughs> yes. So awesome. Jericho comes out to the ring and is, is whooping it up in the ring, getting the fans to go bananas, like throwing his hands up, get the adulation from the crowd, loving it, has the microphone. Every time he goes to speak, he turns back to the crowd and says, hey, yeah, and just never <laughs> speaks. It was so awesome. He did this for like three weeks, too, where we keep on coming out and he never speak. It was so awesome. And uh, Chris Jericho said a couple of great comebacks. I know he likes to go away and make a big splash when he comes back, and he's done that, like I said, multiple times. But 2011 was the one for me that really uh, captured my imagination and really uh, gave me a good chuckle. It's also the last time you watch pro wrestling regularly, so... Oh, how dare you? How dare you? What do you got there, Kingpin? What's next? Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Mike Mills roll over in his grave, and he's not even dead Uh-oh. <laughs> with this one. I'm going to say Ric Flair in 2001 with WWE. At the end of his run... And, and this, is, this is one, it's more of the long game and, and kind of how it all ended up. At the end of his WCW run, I mean, his last match in WCW, he wrestled in a t-shirt. WCW, I think, at the end there, it, it's kind of weird. D- WWE has done always done a great job of, I think, treating their their you know historically good superstars very favorably and always making them feel important and special. And it kind of felt the opposite at the end in WCW with Ric Flair. Uh, it felt like his name, his name even was devalued by them. Yeah, and he, uh, uh, he himself lost confidence because they lost confidence in him. So I know he said that in his book. Yeah, I mean, can you can you imagine the, the Ric Flair losing confidence? I mean, yeah, it, it's insane. But he came back in 2001 to WWE. Was it was it part owner of WWE, and that's what led to the brand split, I believe, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess he was the co-owner. I think what was the deal? Yeah, with but, Vince. But ultimately, it was it just what it led to was a pretty prolonged and entertaining run and just reinvigoration, and, and also it became a celebration of his entire career. I mean, they came out with the Ultimate Ric Flair Collection, which was a like a must-own DVD uh, when it when it yeah. came out. I mean, just matches with the Undertaker, part of Evolution, teaming against. Uh, with uh, was it with Randy Orton against The Rock and Mankind at WrestleMania, uh, and of course his his last match in WWE against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. But just all in all, it didn't obviously match his heyday, but a hell of a run uh, in that comeback with WWE and and some good matches along the way too. So uh, it was good to see, and, and obviously he's done some things since then that maybe he might even wish he he didn't at this point, but. That ending was the ending that Ric Flair career deserved uh, at WrestleMania 25. Yeah, that was something else. But I had Ric Flair on my list as well, but a different comeback. I think this one is even better, if you ask me. Um, Ric Flair and Eric Bischoff were at odds in WCW. I know, I think it was Flair wanted time off to go see his son Reed in an amateur wrestling tournament, I think it was. And he, you know, didn't, he didn't come to work. And Bischoff was very upset. He trashed his name in the locker room. He trashed his name to anyone that would listen. And there was a lot of heat between Flair and Bischoff at that time. And Flair was gone from WCW for a while. But it was a Monday Nitro. All the horsemen were gathered in the ring. 
Arn Anderson had the microphone. They were doing some sort of promo. Arn is going on about something. Then he says, oh, wait, we forgot the last horseman. Ric Flair, get on out here. And they were in uh, North Carolina. Or was it South Carolina? They're in the Carolinas. Horseman country. Yes. The crowd just went nuts. Ric Flair came out crying. People were just very Ric emotional. Ric Flair cried? <laughs> well, this was back in the day. Did the this Big Show back- cry too? <laughs> <laughs> this is back when it wasn't, you know, a common occurrence. But Flair came out and he was, yeah, very emotional. And it ended with the memorable scene of Bischoff coming out down the aisle and Flair doing the... Fire me. I'm already fired. <laughs> yeah, fire me. I'm already fired. So, yeah, he was... Abuse of power. You, right there. Abuse of power. <laughs> so yeah, it, they, they turned it into an angle on Nitro. So I I think that in terms of comebacks, that was a big one. And one of the few I have here that's not WWF slash WWE. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. I think that comeback, just the emotion of it, spoke to me more than Flair's comeback in 2001 to the WWF. What do you mean? You don't have the Outsiders come back to WCW as a, <laughs> the return of Vinny Vegas and, uh, and the Diamond <laughs> no. Stud? <laughs> no, I, d- I didn't have that on my it list, didn't actually. Quite make your list. <laughs> no, no, I did not. <laughs> well, spe- speaking of Eric Bischoff, what about his comeback to pro wrestling, Mike, uh, as Raw General Manager? In- another one of those moments of, like, you never thought you'd ever, ever see in a million years Vince McMahon hugging Eric Bischoff uh, on a Monday Night Raw stage. Yeah, and that was one of those things at the time you're like, is this really the right move to have them on the same page to be happy with each other. It, it was weird at the time. We're like, hmm, it's a odd choice to have Bischoff come out and be one of Vince's guys after everything that had gone down. Well, in true WWE fashion, though, they ended Eric Bischoff's run with Vince McMahon throwing him in a dump truck or a trash truck. So WWE won again in the end, buddy. <laughs> they sure did, and thank God. You know, they own both companies. You got to make sure that they know that you know WCW is trash, literally. So, ugh. let me see here. What else we got here? How about Jerry Lawler coming back from death? Quite literally. <laughs> yes, September 2012. He had a. Heart attack on the air while doing commentary, you know, slumped over at his announce booth. Literally, he died backstage. He was was pronounced dead, but his heart stopped beating, and they got it back moving again, obviously. And two months later, he returned to Raw to much fanfare, to, you know, a lot of emotion again. Uh, Come back from death. That's hard to beat, Brian. Come back from (laughs) being dead. What what about a return to being dead, Mike? Oh, guy nice segue there. <laughs> huh? Is that a Tony S segue? There you go. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about uh, the Undertaker returning as the Dead Man at WrestleMania 20. Yes, with some of our friends uh, leading the way. Oh, who was there? John Walters, Vince Vicalo, Billy Kryptonite. Was that where Arch Kincaid set something on fire backstage? It might have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. Uh, I, I saw online a lot of people talk about The Undertaker's return when he first was the American Badass. But to me, his return as the Dead Man at Mania 20 far outweighs his debut as the American Badass. I know, again, Brian Fury will be up in arms over that, but you know. <laughs> Well, Brian Fury having a, having a contradictory point of view, I don't believe it. 
Um, all right. Well, let's go way back, Brian. I know a lot of these seem to be Attitude Era or later, but I have one that I want to hit you with. How about WrestleMania 7? Oh. Might not even be what you're thinking of, Brian, but how about Elizabeth returning and reuniting with the Macho Man Randy Savage? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Women crying in the stand. Yes. <laughs> There's the, the, that one lady, I think she had like blondish hair, who's like, she has like her hand over her mouth and like, <laughs> like her, her image is forever ingrained in my brain. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of a short-lived comeback. She didn't really return to the ring, but it was a return nonetheless in my book. And what a moment. Again, I'm talking about emotion here with a lot of my picks, but an emotional moment. I mean, well, Elizabeth is wearing a strange outfit, sequin black with (laughs) big white stars on it. Uh, Not the fashion choice I would perhaps go with, but Elizabeth uh, back on the shoulder of the Macho Man Randy Savage, them doing their world-famous pose. Uh, Yeah, that one, to me, deserves to make the list. Not my number one, but definitely on the list. We're getting close there, Kingpin, to our number one picks. You got anything else before we get to the top pick? Yeah, I mean, I'll. Uh, and it's, it, I'm not gonna go with number one that you think I'm gonna go with, but I'll talk about it here. And that's Hulk Hogan's return in 2002 to WWE. And at first, it maybe fell a little flat with the NWO and the initial stuff with the NWO, but. The moment it led to at WrestleMania with The Rock and then the resurgence of Hulkamania uh, with him, him even winning the WWE Championship one more time was was amazing stuff. Something that I don't think anybody could have forecasted, especially with the Hulkamania catching on again and that riding that wave of nostalgia definitely deserves mention as one of the best comebacks of all time. Yeah, I just remember that in-ring promo where he's just sitting there and the crowd just sustained cheers for minutes upon minutes as, you know, Hulk Hogan just is there just soaking it all in as he makes his return. There's a lot of revisionist history uh, with Hulk Hogan. There's a lot of people who think they know what the hell they're talking about, but you know, this guy's career and uh, sustainability and ability to... Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk of the backstage politics bullshit, but the last time I checked, backstage politics don't sell tickets, and Hulk Hogan sold tickets for, for how many decades? So, again, I, th- I think there's a lot of revisionist history with Hulk Hogan, but, you know, created some, some great moments, you know, nearly 20 years after his initial run started in WWE. You don't think he's so angry. <laughs> Everyone gives Hulk Hogan No, they don't though. They shit all over him. The, a politician and can't wrestle and you know. But I don't know. I, I just, I just get, I just get sick of it. I think Hulk Hogan always takes a takes a brow beating. Not when you're around Kingpin. Not as long as you're here on the wrestling podcast about nothing. He's, <laughs> there's two people who I'd still be starstruck to meet in my life, and that one of them's Hulk Hogan, the other is Roger Clemens. We'll see what we can do there, Kingpin, about getting uh, you, an audience with you and the Hulkster. The, 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 I mean, come on. The, the Hulk Hogan is the reason why I ever even decided to. It's the reason I fell in love with pro wrestling and ultimately decided to even uh, attempt to pursue it. Unapologetically. Thank God there, Kingpin. Or I would never have met you. <laughs> Speaking of guys I've met, 
Uh, I'll get this one out of the way because it's been a number one pick of mine before when we talked about best Royal Rumble surprises. Of course, John Cena's return at Royal Rumble 2008, Madison Square Garden, holds a special place in my heart basically because I won money based on John Cena's entrance into the Royal Rumble that year. Of course, he was down with an injury, came back early. No one knew he was coming back, came back, won the Rumble. And of course, we do our Rumble pool every year. And I had picked number 30 and Cena won the Rumble. I, I have very bad luck when it comes to these, this kind of stuff, the lottery, any game of chance. And to finally have a victory, I marched around that living room like Santino Morella. <laughs> You know, when he was doing the trombone thing, not when he was doing the little hip swivel thing. But uh, yeah, John Cena at Royal Rumble 2008, uh, that was a big one for me, but not my number one because it's basically disqualified because it's been a number one before on a previous podcast, I think. All right, are we there, Kingpin? Are we at our number ones? We're, we're, we're there because I'm running out of uh, options here to go with for my number one pick. All right, then uh, hit me with it. All right. Well, it's one that I don't think anybody thought would ever really happen. Uh, not that this person would not appear in WWE again, but that they, one, would ever have another match in WWE, and that, two, they would ever be the WWE champion again. I'm talking about Mike in 2011, the return of the great one, the people's champ, The Rock, the greatest return in pro wrestling history or comeback in pro wrestling history. Gone for, what, nearly 10 years, was it? Or seven years, excuse me, from WWE. Came back to host WrestleMania. They set up the main event of the following year's WrestleMania on the night after. Once in a lifetime. No, it was twice in a (laughs) lifetime. (laughs) But not only did he come back and, and just wrestle these WrestleMania matches, but he came back and was actually the WWE champion, which... Nobody could have ever predicted, especially with his success in Hollywood. Uh, again, there, I know I know a couple of our friends, good old Ray himself uh, there, <laughs> and they, they talk about The Rock and kind of crapping all over him. And But here's a guy, he didn't have to come back to WWE. He didn't need WWE. He didn't need the money. He didn't need the publicity. It was completely the other way around. But I think he's somebody who, who is genuinely grateful for where he came from and, and loves pro wrestling. And that would explain the only reason that he decided to come back. So I, th- I think uh, the Rock's run from 2011 to, what, 2014 was uh, the best comeback in pro wrestling history. From one of your childhood crushes to the other, right? <laughs> well, I was going to go with HBK in 2002, but you did that five minutes in. So, <laughs> Well, I have a bone to pick with your number one pick there, Kingpin. Oh boy. I mean, we're talking about comebacks, and the biggest part of the comeback is the comeback match, right? And The Rock came back in 2011, and his comeback match was not the match at WrestleMania with John Cena. His comeback match was at Survivor Series the previous year, a tag team match with John Cena against The Miz and Our Friggin' Truth. (laughs) Well, he's not the booker. Well, I think that severely taints this comeback, and I can't endorse this as your number one pick because The Rock came back to have a match with The Miz and Our Truth. Well, one, you know lots about taints. And two, <laughs> it's my number one pick 
So go flush your head in the toilet. I don't care about your approval. <laughs> you do this every time we do the list. Your opinion, I'll, I'll use this again, your opinion, and $3.50 will get me a coffee at Dunkin' Donuts tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, I just want to put it out there that I uh, do not approve. Well, why don't you take it back and shove it up your butt? Well, that's your number one pick there, The Rock. As for my number one pick there, Brian Malonis, I'm sure you'll approve of this one. It happened in 2008, March of 2008, and it was a transitional period in pro wrestling. At WrestleMania that year, Shawn Michaels lost the WWF Championship to Stone Cold Steve Austin in Boston at the Garden, or actually at the Fleet Center at the time. I was there. You mean 1998, Mike? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe it's 1998. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, 1998. Shawn Michaels lost the championship to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Shawn was gone. He was done, supposedly. We talked about his comeback, but after this, he was gone for a very long time. He had that back injury. So what would become of Degeneration X? Well, the next night on Raw, Triple H came out. He said he is the new leader of DX, and he's going to form a new group. And when you go to form a group like this, you go to your family, you go to your blood, you go to... The Click and X-Pac, Sean Waltman, the former six, the former one, two, three kid, made his return, jumped from Nitro to Raw to rejoin Triple H as a part of D-Generation X, a big night for the Monday Night Wars, a big shift in favor of WWF, in my opinion, when X-Pac jumped from WCW to the World Wrestling Federation, or back to the World Wrestling Federation, I should say, to become a part of DX. And, of course, this version of DX will later add the New Age Outlaws, Road Dogg, and Billy Gunn later that night. And they were off to the races. So this was a a big moment to me. Uh, Personally, I remember this day, I was back at school in March, and I was trying to come up with an email address. And I I wanted to use Croc, as the first part, but what can I use for the rest? Uh, and I and I chose croc, crockpoc. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> actually, it wasn't the day this uh, happened. It was the day they actually revealed his name because they didn't reveal his name because they didn't know what they were going to call him when he came back because they couldn't use six, obviously. So the day they announced that his name was Xpoc, my email address became crockpoc at hotmail.com. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I guess maybe it was, but that was a big moment for me in my life, in my internet fandom, I guess. And it was a big moment for pro wrestling, a big moment for the WWF especially. X-Pac returning to Raw, returning to WWF, my number one best comeback of all time. What do you think of that? So you're going to give me crap about... One of the biggest movie stars in the world returning to have matches in WWE, and you're going to go with X-Pac? Yeah. It's a turning point. All right. Right? I think it was very good. It was on on my list. I just don't think it's number one, and especially where you're going to come at me and criticize my pick. I mean, I don't know. I I just... uh, 
you know, that's all. All right. So that's the best comeback of all time, as selected by you, the fans. And thank you, everyone, who checked in on Twitter and gave us their best comebacks, like at King Ajar said HBK. Uh, our friend at Lone Wolf GAM said Matt Hardy's resurgence with his broken gimmick. That's a good one. Uh, Morgan, he is at Morgan Tyler 86, said Undertaker from Judgment Day. That is the debut of the American Badass. Could talk about Matt Hardy coming back from uh, firing after the Edge incident. Yeah, when you mentioned Ring of Honor on the microphone. Yes. That was a big moment. Uh, GF Allentown, is actually, it is Greetings from Allentown, a good podcast you should go and check out on the Place to Be Nation. They're also friends with the Our Vantage Point guys. That is at GF Allentown Pod. He had a different flair comeback from our two. We had two different flair comebacks. He says the uh, comeback from the 1975 plane crash. <laughs> I guess that's a big comeback for Ric Flair, right? Sure. So I'm going to give it to uh, Petey there from Greetings from Allentown. Thanks for checking in there, sir. And we have people checking in all week. So let's get into Merv Griffin time right away. Kingpin named for your favorite episode of our favorite show, Seinfeld. Of course, doing voicemails over on the NAI Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. So get yours in. We'll play it on the show. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And I made a big boner this past Monday (laughs) on the podcast. The first big boner of your life, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And I neglected to play a voicemail that we received over the last week. So let's listen to that right now here on the BDA radio edition of the podcast. All right, look, I am livid. I'm not even 10 minutes into the Thursday episode. Not even 10 minutes into the Thursday episode. I had to pause it. I had to stop it. Because one of Brian Malone's worst Survivor Series teams of all time is the Visionaries. The Visionaries? Are you kidding me? The first team ever to completely survive, the Visionaries. One of the worst teams ever. That makes zero sense whatsoever. Just because you don't like a couple of the people that are on the team, they do, you get a vendetta against Hercules. The team goes down in history as one of the greatest in the history of Survivor Series. The first team ever to completely survive. I can only imagine what other lunacy I will hear throughout the rest of this episode. You might get another voicemail from me. Goodbye, gentlemen. Well, I guess that was the most ridiculous thing uh, of the podcast because he didn't call back. So, yeah, you had the (laughs) worst pick. We talked about worst Survivor Series teams, Kingpin, and you picked the Visionaries. Yes. Why? Because it's Answer, defend yourself. Look at the composition of the team. It had... Fucking Paul Roma on it and Hercules. Give me a break. Because they were booked to go to go all four. Oh, I mean, Jesus. Does that does that mean Jinder Mahal is better than Scott Hall? I mean, by Brian Fury's measure, that's where we're at, right? He's better than Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> so somebody explain to Brian Fury that wrestling's fucking fake. <laughs> oh my goodness. It, it is not fake, Brian. It is predetermined. Mike. Which one of us has uh, been competing in pro wrestling? Oh, God. For <laughs> I love it. I love it more than anything uh, in this world that, that's not my you know family. But, come on. It's not real. 
Oh, Brian Fury, I hope you're satisfied. I'm sure you're not. I'm not with that answer. But uh, I'm sure King Ajar is not as well. At King Ajar on Twitter says, the worst Survivor Series team is Jake, Snooker, and the Rockers because they got swept by the Visionaries, which I believe is the first time it happened. So King Ajar is with me and Fury. Well, let me know when Hercules and Paul Roma are going into the Hall of Fame. Could be any day now. <laughs> Coco Beware is there, so... <laughs> yes, exactly. At Randall Keogh on Twitter, of course, one of our biggest fans, and we always appreciate Randall being out there and listening to the podcast. He says, do your research at Crocsox. My goodness. Hardys, Punk, and DX swept Orton, Edge, Nitro, Hurricane, and Knox at Survivor Series 2006. I did say that that was the only time I thought, the Visionaries, that was the only time that there was a sweep at Survivor Series, and Randall has corrected me, so thank you, Randall, for putting me in my place. You never thank me for putting you in your place. Because I don't appreciate when you do it. <laughs> this, guy, this guy does it with some tact, unlike you. Look who's talking. All right, well, Chris Sullivan, he's uh, associated with Lucky Pro Wrestling, where you competed this past week there, Brian. Yes. At Chris Sully 580 on Twitter is Chris Sullivan's handle, and he says the Teamsters, the full team, was counted out all at once, Survivor Series 1994, and that team was Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Owen Hart, Jim Neidhart, and Jeff Jarrett were all counted out. Oh, clearly the worst team of all time then, huh? Uh, well, I don't Mike, know Mike, they all that. lost at the same time. They're the worst team ever. I don't get why. Because you like a couple of guys on the team doesn't mean they're uh, doesn't mean they're good. Well, that's a count out, Brian. That's not the same thing. Uh, hey, they lost all at the same time. Moving on here. Moving on. Steven at HHH guy two thousand four says. So I guess this wasn't going on at the Malonis table in the late eighties. Oh, Hercules! 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 <laughs> So, yes, you are not a fan of the Mighty Hercules. That was made clear last week. Is anybody a fan of the Mighty Hercules? Well, he, was, uh, he had some good stuff, right? Her- Hercules' family wasn't a, wasn't a fan of the Mighty Hercules. The Hernandez family were not fans? They were not. Okay, or the Fernandez? Oh I did God. like the Hercules, uh, the Hercules LJN figure. He had a good pose. You could drop elbows with it. It was nice. But he had that strange, like, Renaissance Fair outfit he was wearing, right? <laughs> yes, he did. That which I never remember him wearing. Yes, I don't think I remember it either. All right, moving on to DC Matthews from the NAI Wrestling Network, our brethren over there at the NAI Wrestling Network, at DC Matthews NAI on Twitter. He buried Cheesy, Queasy, and Sleazy. And then he says, now that I think about it, I might take that King's Court over the Knights from the uh, Survivor Series in Boston there. So he might pick the the little person team over those knights. I think I would too. At least they weren't covered in masks and nameless, faceless people. Yeah, that was an odd choice, especially the people that were under the masks. was, uh, I don't know, it's quite a weird thing that went down there. We talked about last week the whole thing where Lawler left to the last minute and then Shawn Michaels came in and replaced him. It was a whole thing and it didn't really work out too well. But uh, yeah, that was one of the matches that we talked about, one of the teams that we talked about and the worst Survivor Series teams. John Morse at J-O-N-S-U-P-R-M-N, my best friend, of course. He said, how about this stinker? Team Total Divas versus the True Divas of the WWE. 
Yeah, they had all the people that were on Total Divas. I think it was a seven-on-seven match. All the people that were on the Total Divas ETV show versus all the other women that weren't on the show. I know Mike Mills is on the edge of his seat watching that one as a Total (laughs) Divas fan. But uh, not many more, I don't think, were. And I think it was, uh, yeah, as John Moore said, a stinker. So thank you for pointing that out, John Morse. <laughs> Let me see here. Jason Stewart uh, says he's listening to At the WP again, and I think I made Brian Malonis's podcast feud list. Can you confirm? <laughs> no, he's not relevant enough to make my feud list. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Wow. Blip on the radar. Wow. Jason Stewart, of course, from the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Make sure to check that out each and every week. Uh, Let's go on to what happened this past Monday on the NAI Wrestling Network. Brian got some feedback from the Mock It Crockett segment where I did numerous impressions because impressions equal money in the podcast game. I finally discovered this, Brian. It's all about the impressions. We talked about Bruce Pritchard. We talked about the 605 podcast. We talked about Andrew Paisano. And I know I like to take care of my Paisanos. And we didn't even mention Jason Maltoff. He loves a good impression. So impressions are the thing. And I did my impressions game and people had opinions about it. Of course, Steven just had a gif that was a dumpster fire. (laughs) <laughs> which I'm not quite sure if that's uh, relevant. I like it. Oh, well. All right. Well, Mike Mills also at Mike504Saints. He is the host of Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. They do the podcast over there twice a week. MikeMills.Podbean.com is the home base. And he says to Brian Malonis at Brian Malonis on Twitter, God bless you. I never thought I heard that after the blood feud the two of you have had, Brian. Now he has sympathy for you because he says, God bless you for trying to get through at Croc Sox shit show imitations. <laughs> Worst effing 15 minutes in podcast history. Well, there you go. I couldn't disagree more. The people have spoken. Yeah, two people have spoken. <laughs> that was it for the responses to Mocket Crockett. And as I said this past Monday, the vocal minority always checks in, but those that enjoy it, those that really love it, they don't feel the need. So there's plenty of people out there. I can tell you that this is one of our most downloaded podcasts, Brian. Should be. One of our most downloaded podcasts. And we got two negative tweets about Mocket Crockett. And that's more than I can say for even Garga lyrics. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Mocky Crockett, we'll see. It might be coming back. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. And finally here in Merv Griffin time, Stephen has one more thing to say. At HHHGuy2004, this past Monday's promo about nothing featured Nikita Koloff, and he was speaking Russian. And Steven says, Nikita Koloff was actually saying in Russian, hey, yo. (laughs) I think that's true. Very good, Steven. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone who is a part of Merv Griffin Time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we will bring you the best of it next week on the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDAradio.com. Putting over podcasts. 
That is the Facebook group dedicated to all pro wrestling podcasts and podcast fans. We want you over there to join the conversation. All you got to do, go to Facebook, type in the search bar, putting over podcasts. You can find the group. Come join us. We will add you. Join the discussion over there on Facebook. And we just spoke about Mike Mills booking the territory. Sunday, the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursday, the flagship show, MikeMills.Podbean.com. And we also talked about Jason Stewart, not in the top five podcast feuds. But check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Thursdays is their big flagship show. It might go up on Fridays at this point. But they have stuff all week over there on the feed. Be sure to check it out. Jason Stewart, Troy. Sal, Adam, the whole gang over there at the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. But as for this podcast, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people they're up to no good is through laughter. I hearken back to those immortal words spoken by one Tarzan Taylor. He says, all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Yes! It's a clean sweep of the week's podcasts. He was the promo on nothing, and now with that amazing laugh at the end of that big line of gibberish, Nikita Koloff is a member of the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Well done, Michael. Well, well done. <laughs> Nikita Koloff, that is one that's going to go down in the record books. Just speaking, it's not Russian. It's not any semblance to any language whatsoever. It is babble. It is complete. I was going to say poppycock, but it's not that either. Who knows what it is, but it's not Russian. That I do Michael, know. Michael, we, ha- we might have some, some Russian listeners out there. Maybe you could do a quick translation for us. Uh, it's hey, yo, right? <laughs> How would you say hey, yo in Russian? <laughs> <laughs> it's either Russian or it is Tasmanian. The Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> it's very, very reminiscent of the Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> it definitely is. But that uh, lovely heel laugh that he closes it with is good enough for me and should be good enough for everybody. I know it's good enough for you, Kingpin, to be worthy of an induction to the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Check out this Hall of Fame inductee in all his glory, and he is glorious. Find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. All right, Mr. Malonis, you're packing your bags, about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend. A big, big weekend for the Kingpin coming up. Where are you headed? Friday night, Mike. I'm headed to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the 2300 Arena, the former ECW Arena, international TV taping for Ring of Honor. Uh, I know they put some, I believe, some some additional tickets on sale uh, yesterday. I don't know the status of those, but hey, if you're in the Philadelphia area, come on out to the uh, Ring of Honor TV tapings and see uh, your buddy, the Kingpin. Uh, and no, then- wait a second. Wait a second, Brian. Wait a second. What? And I got the exclusive here. I just found out your match. It is the Kingpin Brian Malonis versus New Jack. So everybody, come on out <laughs> to the East W Arena. See the Kingpin get busted open. Staples in his head. The whole deal at the ECW Arena this Friday night, right? 
Uh, I don't think so, Mike. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sure to be just as good. Get out to Ring of Honor. Uh, and then Saturday night, I'll be in your old stomping grounds, Western Massachusetts, Hadley to be exact, for Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. I'm in a three-way battle of the big men with Congo and the Wrecking Ball, Ligurski. Find Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling on all your social media outlets for ticket and full card information. And if you want to book the Kingpin coming up, email brymalonis at comcast.net or DM him on the Twitter at brymalonis. And for more of the wrestling podcast about nothing, and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar with Chad Alden and Paul St. Amon Jr., the Armbar Boys, head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. Okay, we will be back next Monday with episode 79 of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Make sure you subscribe there. Then you can catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.